0: Welcome back everybody. We've been doing kind of like two minute intros for a little bit and I think we're just going to shut it down and get right to it. We have an old St. Cloud connection of mine, Carrie Meyer in the house today. Pro bikini competitor. She went to worlds, owns uh, some nutrition shops, overseas coaches, a lot of people doing some really cool things. So let's get right into it. Carrie Meyer. I don't know why, but I want to say Kari.
1: looks like Here. it. I got called that in elementary
0: school a couple of times. Do people still call you that much or no?
1: No, so not as just, much as I used to get. I think it was like a, I don't
0: know. So it's just my problem, really. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, um, well, thank you for coming. Uh, really appreciate having you. And absolutely. we go back to St. Cloud is where we met. And I don't think I've even seen you since then. So mm-hmm. it's been fun following along and seeing what you're doing. Uh, So what's kind of happened since St. Cloud?
1: So St. Cloud, let me go all the way back to like just what my life was like in St. Cloud from what maybe you remember me as, and then we'll kind of transition to just kind of what's happened since. So college, I gained the freshman 15. Um, I tore my ACL three times in three years in high school. So um, probably would have gone and played college softball, but I couldn't. I found myself like... Not knowing who I wanted to be, what I wanted to have, and what I wanted to do with my life. Hmm. So I found myself in a crowd. I just remember waking up one day, and I hated who I was. Hated who I was. Just one day? I just, like, when you wake up, and you're, like, this unfulfilled feeling. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like a walking zombie. Yeah. And I was going to school. I was going to be um, a kindergarten through sixth grade teacher. But it wasn't like, I felt like I was chasing nothing, really. So I found myself in a crowd I didn't want to be in. I was drinking things I shouldn't have been drinking, smoking things I shouldn't have been smoking. And I think the real big turning point for me, the first one was when I was sitting on the porch of my house smoking. And at the time, my grandpa had lung cancer, Hmm. dying from lung cancer. And I was smoking on my porch after work. So at first it was a party scene thing and then it turned into a stress reliever thing. So a lot of people don't know I smoked, did. And I looked down, like I started this fitness type of, it was like an interest in fitness. Like I, so I started developing this interest in fitness and nutrition and I thought like, okay, if I want to impact as many people as I want to impact, This is only going to shorten my life. And I need as much time as I can to impact as many people as I can. Yes. So I was sitting there smoking and I'm like, okay, you know what? After this pack, I'm not going to buy anymore. And I looked down at my pack and it was my last one. And I'm like, oh, God. I was like, I'll do it after my next pack. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I was like, no, (laughs) you just said after this pack you're done. So that was the last cigarette I ever smoked. Wow. It wasn't a cigarette. It was a cigar. Um, last one I ever smoked, haven't smoked since. That probably was the very first and biggest step for me as far as changing my life. Because from that moment, what happened was I developed a discipline to what I said I wanted. So going forward, right? So I was doing all the college things. Um, I started kind of diving into Herbalife, which is the fitness and nutrition mm-hmm. supplement line that I use now with what I do. And throughout that, the last couple of years of college, I got more and more interested in that. So I was like, okay, what if I could do a fitness competition? What would that look like? Yeah. Could I do it with the supplement line I was using?
0: So real quick, like I, because I made the big change too, like in St. Cloud, I was not living how I wanted to live, smoking and drinking and doing things. And I think because people who don't see you now, like you're in great shape, you're healthy, mm-hmm. you look awesome. And it's like, when you know the lows, I feel like you appreciate and like even more dive into the highs from someone who's maybe just been like kind of healthy. You know what I mean? Right. Which I think is, is so powerful and why maybe you had so much success because like you understand Kind of yeah. the bottom side.
1: Well, I think the hardest part for me in that transition in general was I had to cut off my friends, and I used to do the quotes like oh, friends, yeah, because I found out I really didn't have friends, and that was probably the hardest part for me. The low was if I was gonna, I was gonna get invited to all these parties as soon as I stopped drinking. Um, I didn't get invited to those things anymore because it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. And so learning how to be alone in your journey is probably the worst and the best thing. Because worst being you feel alone, best being you really find out who you are. And for me, I was able to not only find out who I was, but I was able to tap into uh, more of my faith and listen to um, God throughout my entire journey and what direction I was supposed to be going
0: was it pretty hard, like, you know, losing those people that you thought were friends and stuff?
1: At first, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I had the loneliest feeling ever. I remember I was in my house, the same house that I was smoking my cigarette at. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I remember calling my mom and I was like, mom, I don't understand. I'm like, I have a boyfriend who cares about me. I've got a family who loves me have a lot of things going for me I was like I don't understand why I feel so empty Mm. and I think that ties back to me not having a purpose and really going through life like a zombie yeah like I was so sad and I'm actually talking to a lot of like mid-20 like early 20s right now um, just people that I'm either working with with fitness or nutrition or, or that I'm friends with and they're Going through the similar things I went through. It's this like emptiness of like, who am I and what do I really want? And am I going in the right direction? Yeah. So I I just remember I was like, would those people come save me if I had a flat tire on the side of the road? And I was like, no, they wouldn't. I'm like, so that was hard. I was like, I have no friends. (laughs) It's like, great.
0: (laughs) But there's that something to like you're saying, we don't know where you're going. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the most powerful things is when you finally find something you put your passion and purpose into, it's kind of like a, it's a dull thing. And as an athlete, when you lose your identity in your sport, it's that part of like, oh man, what do I do? I think that's Mm a really dark place just because we don't have anything to strive for, like you said.
1: Right. And I love what you said about losing your identity. That was me going from high school to college and why I think I got into that
0: Mm. not
1: so great space was because I was an athlete, three sport athlete in high school had three knee surgeries in three years. And then they told me I couldn't play anymore. So finding that way to be competitive again was where the fitness competitions really then like sparked that back up. And like, for me, it was another way to be competitive. And not only that, I found a lot more throughout that, but at first, like it was a way for me to still be an athlete, but in a completely and totally different way.
0: Yeah. So you like stopped drinking. Now you have something that you can like compete in and stuff. Like, (laughs) was it hard to get into these competitions and like get, you have to get pretty lean and in shape for them.
1: Yeah, so it's funny. I I wouldn't say it's hard to get into. What happened for me was I just kind of like, there's those people you look up to in your life. And so for me, and one of the biggest pieces of advice I can really give somebody who wants to change is find like five people that you either look up to or they inspire you and then pick like something from each of those five people to do. Like don't copy one person
0: because mm.
1: then you lose who you are. But I remember I was like looking at all of these people and I was looking up to them and I'm like, okay, how can I be like every single one of them but be me all at the same time? And one of them did fitness competitions and I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. However, they were bodybuilder. I didn't want to be a bodybuilder. I still wanted to have a feminine look to me. So I was like, okay, who do I know that's competed in bikini or who do I know that actually coaches people in bikini? So I kind of like dove into that just a little bit. And in one day, I had booked an appointment, bought a suit or at least like paid to go meet with somebody to get a suit,
0: yeah.
1: booked the show, everything all in one day. And I remember sitting there and I was like, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I had no idea what the next step was. And I think that goes into a lot of my life and my journey is I decide I'm going to do something. I do it. And then, but like in the, in between there, it's figuring out how to do it. Yeah. So it's always like, I'll figure it out. It's just making the first step of committing to it.
0: I love that. You just dove into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were just saying you're doing the hour a day of cardio. Was it on the Stairmaster right now? Yeah. And your friend just said, you know, she wanted something to do it with you. You're like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. And now you're just committed. Yep. You have to figure it out.
1: Yeah. It's insane. And one of the things that I've developed over the last five years, it's more definitely stronger now than it ever has been is understanding the power of my word. When I was in college and or throughout the last five years, there's people you meet who tell you they're going to do something and they don't follow through and they don't do it. And that has always bothered me so much. And so I have really taken that and or like any disappointments I have felt from other people as i want my word to mean something Mm -hmm. i don't want to say i'm gonna do something and people are like oh okay yeah maybe that'll happen or okay yeah like until you show me it's like no like if i say something if carrie says something she's gonna do it
0: that's so good so
1: i want it to be very clear that like my word actually means something and that what i say isn't taken lightly
0: yeah, that's great. It's so easy today, to, especially with like friends or family, to be like, "Oh yeah, I'll probably be there." Like, yeah, yeah, just be like, yeah, I, w- I want to do it, and then you just don't. But like being true to your word, that's great. Mm-hmm. Something I need to work on too, for sure. <laughs>
1: Everybody, right? Yeah. But I think throughout that process of being true to my word, um, everything I've ever done until I'm really sure I'm going to do something, I don't really tell a lot of people. Ooh. So that being said. There's a lot of things I want to do, a lot of ideas I have. And until I'm very locked in and I know 100% I'm going to do something, I'm not going to say anything because, again, I don't want my word to just be thrown around. I want it to mean what it means. Yeah. So um, when I did my first show, I didn't tell anybody.
0: So you just put this goal and you just kept it to yourself?
1: I didn't tell anybody I was competing because um, I didn't know how to do it. Right? right. Like, I think... I didn't even put a picture on social media until after my second show I did. So I was competing for two years before I told anybody. Oh, wow. Um, the reason why also was because my family didn't necessarily support it at the time. They didn't maybe understand what I was doing and they didn't understand how it was affecting me. So they were acting in a way to protect me. Mm. As far as, you know, wanting Carrie to be successful. Nobody wants to see their kid or their brother or sister fail yeah. necessarily. So it's like um, I just, like I hit it. Like I felt kind of ashamed of it. Why is that? Mainly because of the people I was around. I had a vision that I had from, you know, other places. So when you have a vision of what you want and other people don't see it, it's very hard to... Not let people influence you when they don't see it. So let me back this up. So I, I'm i going to go back to my very first show. Okay. Okay. My very first show, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I ended up getting first in my novice category. So I step on stage with like 12 girls. No idea what I'm doing. Novice is just that beginner entry level... group i got first
0: this bikini physique
1: this is bikini okay um physique figure and bodybuilding are the other categories you can be in yep so i get first in this novice category had no idea what i was doing i'm like okay this is great so i step on stage for open and open is anybody who's not yet a pro still amateurs but you can qualify to become a pro okay so i step on stage for that i get second Naturally, I'm a little upset because I'm competitive, but honestly, I did not think I was going to do that well. And for the first time I was like, okay, like, I feel like I can do this. So I left that very first show feeling like I found something that I could do. Yeah. So a year later was that my second season of shows. Again, I got second um, in two different shows. And I remember I felt so devastated because I only lost one and two points in those shows to getting my pro card. So one of the questions I think you asked me was, what makes me or what has made me a successful bikini competitor? Yeah. And honestly, I think failure is the biggest reason why I'm successful. So every time I lost... And I wouldn't even say I lost. There's, not, there's never been a show I haven't placed at. But through the process of being an amateur and getting first and second and then getting second and then getting second and then in the fall training again and getting second.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Okay? I felt so defeated. Like, I just was like, I know I'm good at this. I know I'm right there. And I wanted to be a pro bikini competitor so bad. Why? I think it was because of the amount of time I put into it and I knew I could do it. Yeah. My fifth show, I got second. The next weekend in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, they had another show.
0: And you're still in college right now?
1: No. I, at this point, was out of college. I was doing my business. Okay. This was 2018.
0: Okay. So your second one there in Iowa.
1: Yes. Okay. 2018. It's my fifth show. Drive down to Cedar Rapids, Iowa a week later. And I was so close to not going to it because it was like, I got to drive all the way down there. I just lost again, but I just was like, I've trained for 14 weeks on this. I'm like, I might as well just go and see what happens. Go down to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Long story short, I get my pro card.
0: Nice. Did you win then?
1: So I got I won that show, got my pro card. So now I can compete at a pro level. So in order to compete at a pro level, you have to win. Okay. And then get your pro card, and then you can compete with pros. Hmm. The failure I had for the first five shows was the reason why... May 2018, at my very first pro show, 12 pros on stage, I qualified for worlds. Wow. I don't think I ever would have placed for or ever placed and qualified for worlds had I not failed five times prior. So, you, so
0: it just motivated you to keep going.
1: The failures made me develop into a better version of what I needed to be to compete at a pro level. Hmm. So every time I failed, I learned how to pose differently. I learned how to prep differently. I learned how to move certain things certain ways or have certain muscles pop differently or whatever it was. Like I learned how to really have a different confidence even on stage and then learn how to not give up. So May 2018, qualified for Worlds. And then in November 2019... I placed fourth at Worlds. Wow. So again, not only did I qualify for Worlds, but I placed at Worlds. And again, I don't think I would have ever done that well at a pro level. I mean, your first year as a pro, you qualify for Worlds and you place at Worlds. And I don't think that would have ever happened had I not failed so much in the process and just used that to grow and
0: learn. Yeah, because you looked in and you made changes every time. And it said if you got first, you're probably like, oh, I'm on the right path. Right.
1: So that was probably the biggest, biggest reason of why I was able to be successful as a bikini competitor.
0: Is that something you still want to do?
1: Um, I did qualify for Worlds this year. Ooh! But that's in October, 2020. Um, being that I trained for a year and a half, I'm giving my body a break. Okay. So in order to go to Worlds in 2020, I would have to Requalify in May So at the moment I'm thinking about Training And or starting to cut January or February To compete in May In 2021
0: So are there like Prizes or stuff That goes along with this Or what's the main draw To like do Put so much time into this
1: Right I would say I'm I'm a little different The main draw for me Is The push And the mental drive That okay. I get from it Um <laughs> You do win money as a pro, placing certain places Yeah, um, and how well you do. Um, You can get sponsorships and or um, different photo shoot type of things. Yeah. Um, As an amateur, you don't win anything. But I think about it very similarly to people who run marathons. Okay. You train so hard for something just for that day very similar. And I don't think people look at it like that. It's a very similar thing. You train really, really hard for something and then you have your big day and then it's over.
0: (laughs) Well, this is what's so interesting to me like this. Like I really want to dive into this with you because I actually, I really understand what it takes to get lean and like the mental fortitude and the physical and all of it. Like it's so impressive to me Mm -hmm. because it's such a battle, like you said, like a marathon, you have to train so hard for it. So I just really want to dive into like what things really help you, like in the end of your training, when you're really lean, you're hungry, and you you have to do so much you know physical activity at probably such a low calorie level. like what's helped you get through those times?
1: So I have a couple of things that help me. One is I stay busy. Okay. I think the less time I have to think about it, the better. So I like to stay busy, two. Being that I'm a health and wellness coach and I have a lot of people who watch me, putting my journey out there for people to follow keeps me accountable. I think a lot of times people will quit on themselves before they will quit on other people. Yeah. So towards the end, when things get tough for me and I know that people are watching me and they're looking up to me, I won't quit on them, but I would quit on myself You know, it's one of those things where like if you have people watching you one morning because you said you were gonna make your bed, you're gonna make your bed so everybody sees you do that. But if nobody's watching you, it's like nobody will see that. It doesn't matter, it's no big deal. I don't need to make my bed today. The same concept. It's just like I put my journey out there, not because yes, to inspire other people, but it's also to hold me accountable.
0: Well, that's when you said earlier that you did the first two years without telling anyone. You're Mm -hmm. making all these changes. Like, I was just thinking, like I don't know how you did that like without the accountability. So that's impressive as hell. Did do it by yourself?
1: I honestly did it at that point to prove people wrong who were not supporting me. Okay. So throughout my journey, I've always been like that silent, let your success be your noise. Mm. Don't necessarily tell people what you're doing, but let that success be your noise. And for me, that was... Really pushed me. I always wanted to show people that I could do what people said I couldn't do.
0: That's unreal.
1: So, once I did that um, and I felt like I was accomplishing things, I will tell you throughout those two years, I probably went through some of the hardest mental battles myself, um, which is a whole nother story. But learning how to, again, work with yourself and talk to yourself is like the most powerful thing ever.
0: Well, yeah, you're making through the changes. You're breaking down those bad habits. It must have been a huge time for you. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you think your self-talk was a big part of that?
1: Huge. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that if I'm thinking in the past, so what somebody said to me yesterday, um, what I did in college, like whatever that is, when you think about things in the past, that brings on like this depression state and or comparing yourself to other people or wanting what somebody has or whatever that was for me at the time wanting to be a pro bikini competitor, losing at the last on, um, wanting to be farther in my business, whatever thing I had going on at the time, that brought on a depressive or depression state. But thinking about future, like what if I'm never going to find a boyfriend? What if I'm not going to get married? What if my business fails? That brings on like that anxious state. Yes. So the biggest thing I had to learn was how do I talk to myself in the present moment so that I'm not depressed, I'm not anxious, and I can stay truly happy with myself now
0: and what helped you do that
1: I had to learn to be my biggest fan and my best friend so for me I remember I was in my apartment and I don't live at this one anymore very nice apartment but it was awkwardly in this corner so it was dark all the time in there hated it hated it (laughs) And I remember being in there and I said something to myself and immediately like I, I like stopped. I like put the hand up and I was like, why am I talking to myself this way? I was like, if I was my own best friend, I would not say that to myself. Example, I'm talking to you, Austin. You're like, I'm a POS. I am going nowhere. I... I can't do this. I'd be like, no, dude, you can do this. You're awesome. You have this, this, and this going for you. Like being somebody's best friend, you pick them up when they're down. Yet I think so many people, we just like literally tear ourselves apart.
0: All day. It's crazy.
1: And I don't under, I sat there and I was like, why am I talking to myself like this? Like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to get another body. I'm literally stuck with myself my entire life. Why am I not my own best friend and my own biggest fan? Yeah. So I had to learn the minute, and this is like training a muscle in your body. I had to train my brain, rewire it to talk to myself like I was my own best friend. And that got me out of that dark state. And that got me more comfortable and confident in who I was because I was cheering myself on instead of ripping myself apart.
0: And that's amazing. I mean, that's like where I've noticed for myself too. Like I'm, I'm a PGA professional, like pretty serious golfer. So I noticed that I was saying a lot of shitty things to myself on the Mm -hmm. golf course. And I was always tearing myself down. What can't you do? And you look at like the best players or just the best athletes, they're overconfident. And it's great to be humble and all that stuff. But like the best players, they're telling themselves that they're the best and they're going to make the shot. And like, it's just simple as that. And you can relate that to life. Mm -hmm. I think that's so good. Like, and I've noticed in my golf game now, I talk to myself like you're, You know, just tell yourself that you're the best. You're going to do this. And it makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. So so that's good.
1: Practice. Practice that because it's not easy. But once I got that down, that helped me so much. And then I think that's how I ended up sharing more of my journey on social media. Mm -hmm. I was more confident in who I was and who I wanted to become because I was sharing my cell phone
0: throughout the process. You probably started to see the results of what you were doing. And that gives you a little bit of confidence. Like it reinforces what you're Mm -hmm. thinking, right? Right. That's cool. So you went you you went and you did your pro bikini. Yep. Like, I did that. You got all the way through worlds. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, well, real quick, I'm a big health guy. Like I got four nutrition certifications down there. Love I it. I love that stuff. Uh, what what other like practical things or what are your like keys, I guess, especially when you're dieting down health-wise? Like foods that you love, supplements that are like a must for you.
1: Okay. So I would say Different things that I do, really. Um, Number one, I don't cheat. Do cheating? Mm. So I don't cheat for 16 weeks. I weigh my food 100%. So whatever is not on the scale does not go in my body. Um, I try to keep it as basic as I can. I don't switch up my food a ton. A lot of times people are like, don't you get sick of that? So yes and no, but... I eat to live. I don't live to eat. And there's a difference between those two. So if you really break that down, I'm living um, because I'm eating, not eating because I'm living. I don't know. It's just one of those things. So for me, I just try to stick it um, lean. I do a lean beef or lean chicken, lots of veggies. Um, I do carb cycle. Okay. So that's been key for me. Um, I'm not gonna go huge into exactly what I do because you know you have competition. So you gotta keep it on low. I will tell you, I'm really big into uh, water retention and making sure that's down. Okay. Um, Like I said, I use only Herbalife supplements, so I do not use anything else reason why is because coaching people with what I know with that supplement line, I want to know exactly how it works and how it works with my body. Then I can also then share that with the people that I'm coaching. So I coach people with the line. Um, not only that, but it's all NSF and, um, certified. So I can take all of it and I won't pop. Yeah. So through my polygraphs and my urine tests, like I never have to worry about popping for anything where I've seen girls crying in the hallway, taking places from local supplement shops that had an illegal diuretic that is maybe not illegal in the state, but it's illegal in the Federation. And so, um,
0: you just don't know what you're getting from a lot of those things. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I, I only use Herbalife. I will tell you, I have like a tackle box full of supplements. I think most people think it's a little aggressive, but um, I know what everything does, really big into fish oil and really big into joint support. Hmm. So being that I had three knee surgeries in three years, I make sure a lot.
0: Like what do you get? Like turmeric or something?
1: I do. Yep. Okay. And I take that every night before bed, actually. I have a tablet that has that also. So...
0: Um any other supplements that you love?
1: Mm. I mean, I take so many. I take a Prolesa uh powder at nighttime. It's a fat burner, hunger curber. Okay. So what that does for me, I take it around 8 30. Um, I actually eat the powder, it's so weird. So I eat the powder, it's a fat supplement. In order to burn fat, you have to consume fat. So Um, I take that at nighttime and I don't know, it leaves like this taste in my mouth and I don't like it. So I have to go brush my teeth afterwards. And mom always told me once you're done brushing your teeth, you don't get to eat anymore. For sure. So that always helped me like, okay, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm done for the night. Yes. So, um, it keeps me fuller at nighttime. That's usually when I like to snack.
0: I'm such a night snacker. Yeah.
1: So it helped me curb that. And then it also, um... Ends up burning fat then while I'm sleeping.
0: So pro-life you said fat? It's called or? pro-lessa. Pro-lessa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how about like training? What What does training look like as you get down there? Is it a lot of more cardio or is there more weights?
1: No, it's a lot more cardio. Um, obviously, you have to cut. And when you cut, you're cutting body fat. Um, diet is huge. Huge. Like I really think I could probably train just diet and cut yeah cardio is gonna speed it up but off season is where i try to build my muscle and then in season i just work on maintaining the muscle and cutting Hmm. so i'm not trying to build muscle during season that's too many things at one time i'm gonna exhaust my body and i'm not gonna get as lean as i want
0: so you keep it simple you're eating the same things i mean i love like the cheap meals or like halo top ice cream or something (laughs) like that right like i'm a big sweets guy like it, it, how hard is it to just stick clean? Or you said it's not, and it is. Like, man, how do you get through it for sixteen weeks?
1: Okay, so this probably boils down to the decisions I make, okay. and again, just being like true to my word. Like, I just make a decision that like I'm training. So, example: Do you smoke? I don't. Okay, great. So if I said, Austin, here's a cigarette, smoke this. You would say, No. Why?
0: I just don't smoke.
1: Exactly. Where for me, when I'm training, it's like, hey, Kara, do you want this? I'm like, no, why? Because I'm training. Mm. So I just make a decision in my mind that like I'm training. Yeah. And I know that that's going to be there when I'm done training. So in the moment, sometimes can it be hard? Yes. But after you go a month without doing it, the last like two, three months, easy. Yeah. It's so easy because you've already been doing it. And not only that, but when you start seeing the progress, it's that much easier because you know what you're doing is working.
0: Yeah. And the hunger is a weird thing. Like I'll do three day fast. Like I'm pretty religious into fasting. And when I get to like the second or third day, I'm like physically pretty tired, but I notice my hunger starts to go away. And like I'll be, I'll maybe have like a little spike in the day. But then by the time usually I'm done breaking it out 72 hours I'm not hungry. And it's such a, I think hunger is such a weird thing to where like, once you like the less you eat and get to a point, I feel like at at certain points, like, the, that hunger for like those cravings or sugar and stuff like go away
1: so for me i keep a high protein diet mm. and so i eat six times a day okay always my whole prep um but i keep my protein so high that it keeps me fuller longer and it also like do i necessarily need that much protein in my diet no yeah. I just know it keeps me fuller longer, and it actually does help with those cravings. So I don't actually crave as much if my protein is high enough.
0: Yeah, it's the satiating part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely something to it. Get your protein in. Right. All right, so you made it to worlds, and you know you kind of completed that. I mean, that's so cool that you got to do that so fast. Yep. Um, what happened from there? You're doing your business stuff.
1: Yeah, so my business. So we'll. Dive into that a little bit. So, I was doing this super on the side in college. Like, I just found the shakes that I liked and I was kind of working out. Got interested in the fitness competition thing. Yeah, great. My last time I started school, I got a call and it was the most interesting call ever. So I worked across the street from this location that I now own. Get a phone call and let me back this up. I worked at Jimmy's poorhouse okay. for five and a half years as a waitress. Oh, okay. There was a space that was open across the street, empty. And I was like, oh, that'd be such a good spot for a nutrition club, which was kind of where I was going to get the shakes I liked. It's kind of like a coffee shop, but protein shakes. Okay. So you can kind of go in, grab your protein shake and leave. You can hang out, do homework if you want, whatever. And I was like, oh, that'd be such a good spot for one. This is in my hometown. It's in Soccer Rapids. I know people here. I could do that. Mind you, I was going to school to be a teacher, right? Okay. So I literally remember driving past Dollar General and Rice, town of like, I don't know, 1,200 people driving past dollar general and i told god i was like okay man you just let me know i'm like should i quit school and try to run this thing or do you want me to be a teacher like is that is that what i'm supposed to do and i just like waited and i got nothing and i was like awesome okay no answer all i remember thinking was keep doing what you're doing
0: okay
1: so that's what i did i kept doing the little side gig I had on the side, kind of taking the shakes, kind of helping like five people. And then, um, kept going to school October, my last semester of school, I get a phone call actually, no. Okay. Back it up. What happened was, is within like the next couple months, this lady opens up a nutrition club in the spot that I saw. No way. And I was like, I knew that was supposed to be a nutrition club. Like, it wasn't for me, but I just knew there was supposed to be one there. In the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I can't open one up in soccer Happens anymore, even if I did want to, because it's not big enough and I wouldn't want to compete against her. So again, I just kept doing the school thing. Ten months after that lady had had that space open right across from the restaurant I worked at, I get a phone call in October. She wanted out, and I got the opportunity to buy that space. Wow. And I... When I got the phone call, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, give me a week. And after I got off the phone, I was like, I'm supposed to do this. I called them the next day. And I was like, I'm in. So October, I told them I'm in. Told nobody.
0: What's up with you not telling? Told anybody. nobody.
1: Why? Because at the time, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I was living at home. And I didn't think my parents were going to support it because nobody understood the possibility that it could have if I opened it and what that potential and opportunity looked like. Being that nobody knew what it looked like and being that I was honestly scared, I didn't want anybody to talk me out of it. So until I knew exactly what it looked like and I knew 100% I was in, then I started telling people. So December I graduated, and then I ended up opening it three weeks later, uh, January 4th
0: nice yeah and that was your first shop. first one owner how what was that process like i mean setting it all up how'd it go
1: (laughs) (laughs) well here's what i will tell you um you don't need to go, go to school to do what i do and i graduated with a kindergarten through sixth grade teaching license and i had to learn so much and or like throughout the process the biggest piece of advice i can give somebody is like Decide you're going to do something, start doing it, and throughout the process, you're going to figure out what you need to do. Yes. I had no idea what I was doing. The whole first year of it even being open, I learned so much because it's not like I had all the pieces together. What I was okay with was not knowing everything and was okay learning as I went. Yes. So the process really was just like figuring out how to get your licensing for XYZ and learning how you're going to like get people in the door the first day i mean mind you like no marketing no business like no finance background of any kind so i had to figure out how i was going to do all this and that kind of goes forward into how i keep developing as a person is it's just like finding those things that you want to work on and grow and then just like research and dive into that
0: just do it it's
1: like (laughs) self-learning self-taught really
0: like the accounting and all of that like was it a process or what
1: Yeah. Um, Honestly, I probably didn't go through a lot of that till six months into the business.
0: You're just making shakes and selling?
1: Yep, And then six months into the business, you find out that you have to pay income tax and sales tax and you had no idea. You're going to owe this many thousands of dollars. I just about had a heart attack. So (laughs) talk about grinding, right? Like learning how to not buy anything and save Yeah, crazy because I had, it was June, 2017. I had to save more than I'd ever saved in my life to pay the government projected like off of my sales. I had already had up to that point. And I had until next April when taxes are due.
0: And you just figured it out. huh? Mm
1: -hmm. And that was probably one of the scariest moments of my life because not having exactly the, full on support from your family. Um, I wasn't going to let anybody think I was about to fail. I wasn't going to tell anybody. So I had to learn how to grind that out and how to really live like you have nothing. Yes. So that I could end up paying that back. Because when you start and you open a business and you don't know anything about taxes, you don't know you're going to pay in, you're like thinking you've got it made and you're living and you can just kind of do whatever you want to do. It's like, nope, that's not how this works. Like not everything that comes through the door is yours. So that's probably one of the biggest things I had to learn right away.
0: It's just like taxes and like the sales and all that. It was learning
1: that not all the money coming through the door is yours. Okay. And learning that there's so much more to business than just that incoming amount of money that, yeah, you do have taxes, not only sales tax, but income tax and, um, being your own boss is like the best and the worst thing. So there's well, a lot to learn.
0: Yeah. The government, man, they need their money, but well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. So you have, you know, you have your own two shops. I think yep. you said you have like five kind of under you.
1: Five total in the organization I own too. Okay. Yep.
0: What? Since like starting that first shop and now yeah. where you're at now, you have two and you're talking about expanding and stuff. Right? What other things have you learned?
1: Okay, here's a couple things that I've learned. Number one, I've learned not to be afraid to try things. Okay. I was 22 years old when I opened Active, and somebody once told me they said, "Fear doesn't come from God, it comes from the opposition." So anytime I get afraid to do something, I know that that's not God. That's what I choose to believe in. So I know that fear is supposed to hold me back. It's not something that's meant to bring me forward. I've also learned that there's power in not hesitating. The more you hesitate and the more you let that fear sit in, the more likely you're not going to accomplish whatever it is that's in your brain and or your heart. Yes. So I've learned that, number one, um, to not let fear impact me. There's two different types of fear, I believe. There's fear of success and fear of failure. I was afraid of failing at first, and that's why I used that fear to push me Because I didn't want to tell anybody I was going to fail. I didn't want to show anybody I failed. So I had to learn to use that to push me forward. I also then have transitioned into a fear of success. Sometimes when things start working, it's hard to know how to handle it. So not being afraid and recognizing where that fear comes from, if it's failure or success, is something I've learned. Because both will hold you back.
0: So, what fear of success, like what in what way do you fear the success?
1: The fear of success for me stems from knowing that to those that are given, much, much is expected. Mm. And so, the more you have, the more you're expected to give, to um, influence, to inspire, to help, which are all things I want to do. Like really my why is to be an inspiration for people to show people what's possible for an average person
0: Mm. who decides
1: to make above average choices and decisions. So when I say fear, fear of success, it boils down to the fear of being able to handle all that's going to come with it.
0: The expectations
1: and the responsibility. Like I take care of so many people mentally, emotionally, physically, that I never want to let anybody else down and Mm -hmm. I want to be able to be the person that everybody else needs me to be. And I think sometimes what can hold me back is knowing or not knowing how to handle it. I think you asked me at one point, you know, Carrie, like what have you done as a business owner that's been Uh, a reason for your success, and really it's building a community, but also being a role model for the people around me because I tell the team, nothing's a problem. There's always no problem. If there's a current issue, we're just going to figure it out. I'm like, I'll be mad for five seconds, and then we figure it out. Hmm. And so they're never afraid to tell me anything, but I sat down with two of my main people like a week ago, and I told them, I said, I think this is one of the first times ever I've been afraid of success. Wow. So I told them that, and I was vulnerable for a minute. And they looked at me, and the one said, you know what, Carrie? You'll figure it out. And I was like, wow. So knowing that what you can say to your team and who you can be for them and then watching them be that back for you is probably the best thing that you can do as a business owner is almost being open and vulnerable to them and letting them know that. But them knowing that I'm afraid of what's in front of me and them knowing that they're there with me throughout the journey also empowers them to do more, have more and be more. So I would just say, like, that's if that makes sense, like, the fear of success.
0: Well, yeah, it really does because you're leading so many people with coaching and, like, the health and fitness stuff that you're doing especially. And you have your business, you know, the people that you're working with. But, like, I had a a St. Thomas soccer coach on here, and he's leading all these young men, and he's got all these people, his family, and he's like you know what, I used to be so afraid to say that I went to talk to a psychologist or like his therapist. Right. I'm sorry. He was like his therapist and he'd go there and he'd be like, I used to tell people I had lunches or I would just hide it. And he's like, now I tell my team our most practices, like I have a therapist and I love it. He's like being vulnerable with them, mm-hmm. telling him where he struggles has made them so much closer too, and now they can help him with that aspect too, which I think is just so cool. kind of, what you're saying, you got to be vulnerable sometimes.
1: Oh, it's like the worst thing ever.
0: Especially when you're trying to be this big role model though.
1: And that I think for me is another reason why maybe I don't say things until I really know what's going on because a lot of times if I'm going through something, I'm more likely to talk about it after the fact because this is what happened. This is how I felt. This is what was going on. This is what I decided to do because of it. And this was the outcome because I want to use my struggles my failures, my setbacks as examples of, and or inspiration of, I was there too, but look where I am now. Yes, And when I can give people that step by step, this is how this happened for me, it makes it a lot more clear for people to be able to know that they can do the exact same thing. Like I said, like very average human being, I've just made above average decisions that most people are not going to make, but anybody can make them.
0: And why do you think it is that you decided to make them or you stuck with it? I mean, I know we've kind of touched on all that throughout this process, but like you said that a few times, average, you're an average person. Anyone can do what I've done. Mm-hmm. I've had the discipline to just do it. You know, what gives you like that passion to go do it?
1: Again, I think it's that drive to want to be an inspiration for other people. I love people. I really do. And I want people to understand more now than I probably wanted two, three years ago. I want people to understand they literally are a decision away from changing their life. Hmm. And the reason I want that for people is because it changed my life. From the moment I'm sitting on my steps at St. Cloud State to make a decision not to smoke anymore to making a decision to open a business, to making a decision to compete in that competition. All of the decisions I've made have changed my life. And so I continue to make above average decisions to show people what can happen if you make those decisions. So example, if I don't have something to work on, I feel like so stagnant. Me too. I think... Most people are like adrenaline junkies. I think I'm like a goal setting junkie. I don't know what's wrong, but like I need something to work on. I feel if I can continue to make myself better, I'm moving forward in becoming more of who I'm supposed to be. So, you know, we're going, we talked about this a little bit, but we're going through some crazy stuff right now. 2020 is like, Nuts. Yes. Gym was shut down and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I started a 30-day mind and body thing um, on Facebook. I had 400 people in there. Okay. Did it for free because I needed something to do for 30 days. Those 30 days were over. I needed something to do again. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I decided I was going to do 30 days of a 5K.
0: That's just crazy.
1: So throughout that process, I... Like I said, I maybe ran a 5k for the first time in April, ran 30 in a row. I'm not a runner, but I wanted to show people that even though this is not who I am, I can become this. So again, it's deciding to do something every single day, regardless if you feel like it, because of who you're going to become in the process.
0: Yeah. I love that you said your why statement, because I have a similar one, like my mm-hmm. why, my college football coach challenges all have our whys and minds to shine a positive light on the people around me while pursuing the best version of myself possible. Mm-hmm. And in all the articles I write or anything I put out, it's always, this is what's worked for me. And if I can't live the lifestyle and show you what I'm doing, then I don't think that's, that's as valuable to other people. That's the best way that you show people or make change right. is show them that you're doing it yourself. So inspiring others, I think by making your actions and saying those goals, that's so awesome because That's very similar to what my purpose is. And I think that's kind of what it's about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I work with a ton of people. And when you get that one, two, three, four, five, that handful of people that will message you saying, because of you, I'm now doing this, that makes it so worth it. So I was seriously (laughs) amazed at how many people were inspired by me running and decided to run. I'm like, I thought I would inspire people to eat healthy, maybe do a show, maybe open a business, but run. I was like, no, never. (laughs) You know? So when people start telling you like what you're doing is so crazy, what you're doing is awesome. I want to do what you're doing. I mean, even the stair stepper thing now, I'm like, anybody who's inspired to go on the stair stepper for an hour you guys are nuts i I mean i'm nuts for doing it but i just am like wow like i just to know that people are watching you and get inspired by what you do also drives you to keep doing what you're doing
0: yeah the five. that's so impressive the 5k i mean i can't believe you ran like that i'm not a runner i'm just
1: (laughs) give her a go man it was a good time
0: (laughs) so we've got so much into kind of your passion your purpose kind of what you've done in the past, um, what what does the future look like? Like, what what are you aiming for, you know, business-wise or anything individual?
1: I got a lot of things I want to do. Um, and again, I've talked about, you know, not saying a ton until I'm... know for sure, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm in a weird spot in my life. There's so many people my age who are married, have kids, have the cookie cutter life. I'm so not that. So sometimes it's hard to know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing because I'm not doing what I went to school for. I'm not married and I'm 26. I don't have kids. I don't have a house. So I'm not tied down to anything. So I'm excited for what's ahead. I don't exactly know what it is. Okay. I have these like gut instincts about what I want to start working towards. What I will tell you is I want to impact as many communities as I possibly can. And that means I'm going to have to be in as many areas as I can be. So whether that's having, you know, 10 nutrition club locations within the next year, right? Instead of five mm-hmm. or 20 in the next two years, my goal is to impact as many communities as i possibly can
0: well i look forward to seeing what happens there you better get get going on it but i know like i'm in the same boat 27 you know not married not committed to a house i go back and forth for the winters i go down to florida and then come back to minnesota so it, it there's definitely the stress of like or there's amazing things about being married and having that stability right but there's also some crazy opportunity with what you have going right now so you never know
1: Sky's the limit.
0: Sky's the limit. All right. Well, I have two more questions for you. Okay, great. Is there anything you wanted to touch on?
1: Um, The only thing I think maybe that people still don't understand for me was I was not always very confident. Okay. I think the outside person looking in would say, "Care's a confident person. Not always confident. I wasn't and I still don't even know if I see myself maybe the way some people see myself. I don't see myself as anything special by any means, but I had to literally build myself up so much. And I was not confident in who I was a lot to do with that self-talk, yeah, the negative self-talk, but just having people know and understand that I was not always confident, I think is powerful because majority of people are not very confident so outside confident inside not so much
0: so it's almost like a, a fake confidence or you're just exuding it
1: 100 and most of the time social media is a really good example of only displaying what you want people to see i like not real. really what's happening um which is why i still try to tell people about the stuff that's not so great that has happened right? Mm -hmm. So in the moment, still inspiring people so they can feel inspired, but then letting them know this also happened to me. So if you're going through that, you can get out of it. But yeah, I was not a very confident human being. Um, prime examples. I would not go to Chipotle and eat by myself. Now I'll I'll do it all the time. Um, I just drove to a baseball game to go watch my man friends. Um, hour and a half drive, sat by myself. I would have never done that two, three years ago. Worried about who was watching me or... How it look. Yeah, like, who's that girl by herself? Like, I so could care less about doing things by myself now because, you know, I dated somebody for three and a half years and I dated another guy for three years after that, and so I was always with people, always with somebody, and so... The fact that I've been able to be by myself for a while has reinstilled that confidence and that, like, um, independence. Mm. I'm very independent, but I did not have that for a while, so I got to, like, reignite that.
0: You feel like that's helped build your confidence?
1: Independence has helped build my confidence. What else? The other thing that's probably built my confidence is being true to my word and telling myself that I just like being true to my word has built my confidence and how it could be as simple as, okay, I'm going to floss my teeth every single night. Not because there's anything special about that, but it's finding something hard to do and proving to myself I could do it. So if I do it every single night for 30 days, I floss my teeth every single night I proved to myself that I can do that. Not only that, let's just back it up. Let's do one night. Floss my teeth one night. I said I was going to do it. I did it. Second night, did it. And you build this confidence in, I'm going to do the things I say I'm doing. And so then you start becoming more confident because you're not letting yourself down. Verse, not flossing your teeth that night and then waking up in the morning and going, wow, like I can't even do that.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: So I would say the my confidence has been built from independence and from being true to my own word to myself.
0: We all have a story we're telling ourselves, right? We all have this inside story that we're telling ourselves that who we think we are. Right. And when you break those things, mm-hmm. that story you start to tell yourself that you're not what you could think you could be. And that's just building habits or... Every time I make a healthy decision, I'm building into the identity that I'm a healthy person. Mm -hmm. Or anytime I go work out, I'm building the identity that I'm a fit person. Or anytime I play good, I'm a good golfer. And we all, we just do the things. And when you can consistently build on the things that you tell yourself instead of break them, I think that's super powerful.
1: It's funny you talk about habits too. There's habits that I've broken and one was the habit of hesitating. I used to hesitate all the time and I am by no means perfect at this yet. It's still something I'm working on, but when I can limit the amount that I hesitate, that habit I create, it's just a habit, habit of hesitating. Like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. And then it's like, well, but do you feel like it? Do you, do you have time for that? Do you da, 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 da. And now it's like, okay, well, an hour has gone by and you still haven't done it. Right. It's the same with procrastination. You're not a procrastinator. You just have the habit of doing it. So I had to break the habit of hesitating to become successful Mm. in the things that I'm successful at. Because you only have 24 hours in a day. You've heard this. Everybody has 24 hours. I don't have 26. I have 24 like everybody else. But if you can break the habit of hesitating, you're going to save yourself a lot
0: of time. Take action. Mm -hmm. I love it. I I was a procrastinator, still can fall into it, but you (laughs) just have to start.
1: Like I said, by no means am I perfect at any of it,
0: but... I got two more questions for you here before you get out of here. The first is, I know you've kind of just dove in. You did the bikini thing. You did the businesses. You've kind of just been experiencing life by doing it. Is there any like books or audiobooks or any content out there that, you know, really helped you? kind of in your journey.
1: So the first book I ever read that actually started making me think about life was The 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn. Hmm. Somebody gave me the book. They said, hey, Carrie, you should read this. And I actually laughed at them because I didn't even read the textbooks I was buying in school. So I was (laughs) like, okay, thank you. I'll read this. Went on a family trip. I actually read it. Changed my life. Yes. So if you haven't read 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn, that was the first book that changed my life and making me think about that. Um, I listen to Jim Rohn so much. So much. So that is something I will always fall back to anytime I'm having a rough day, whether that's listening to an audiobook from him or YouTube.
0: Jim Rohn.
1: Jim Rohn is my man. Um, Really, I think... It depends on where I'm at in life with what I'm listening to.
0: Are you a podcast person, you know, or audiobooks or what?
1: I'm more of an audiobook person. The podcast I will listen to often is more of a Christian podcast to get my mind right that way and my heart right. Okay. So, um, but no, I love listening to things. I really do.
0: Are you when you're working out? Are you music? Or are you listening to stuff like that?
1: Cardio. Usually listening to audiobooks, lifting music.
0: I get pumped up. Yeah, <laughs> that would be, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we got the last question for you here. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about everything you're doing, and I really appreciate you. Everything that you're doing and everything you're doing for the community, your goals, how you want to impact people, stuff. So I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's inspiring that people are out there doing it. So I just want to say I'm, I'm grateful for what you're doing and thanks for coming on. Cool, thank you. All right, last question. Down the road, you got your kids, you got your family, you kind of built all the businesses, you're doing everything you've wanted to do. And you've kind of fulfilled a lot of your mission. Um, you got your kids, are growing up, they're 11, 12, they're just starting to learn and starting to understand the world. And you only get to tell them three things. So you're kind of like three life lessons or... Just three tips to help them live happy, healthy, and fulfilled. What are those three things you would say to them?
1: The three things I'll probably say now may not be the three things I would say when I actually have kids, but right now, based on probably what I've accomplished, I would say they kind of go in order. Number one would be, don't be afraid to fail Mm -hmm. because... Your failures are going to help you learn and become better. So it's not about how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up. Yes. And not being afraid to fail goes right along with what I've talked about having minimal hesitation, right? Just doing. And that's what I've done. I've kind of just done. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two would be to make a decision for what you want. I think when you make a decision and you decide what you want, it actually gives you something to go for have been huge into goal setting, but if you don't have a goal and you don't decide what you want, you don't know what you're going for. So it mm-hmm. would be decide what you want, make a decision. And then I think the last one would be be disciplined and consistent, but you're going to have to put in a lot of hard work and you're going to have to be patient. So mm-hmm. being disciplined and knowing that it's going to take a lot of hard work and time And know that anything worth having is going to take a lot of hard work and time. That discipline that comes with that, I think the hardest thing right now in the world is knowing that you can't get something with one click of a button on your phone. And that is why most people are not willing to persist and be disciplined is because it takes time.
0: Great things take time. Yes, they do. Awesome episode. Go give uh, Carrie a follow. Um, She hangs out on Instagram, Facebook, Carrie Meyer. She's taking all my stuff. You guys know where to find her. All right, folks, let's go get it. Always really appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you next time. Woo!